This is local and regional news on KDNK. I'm Hattison Rensbury. Tonight is the start of the Comedy Weekend at the Collective in Snowmass. This venue is no stranger to comedy acts, with local stand-up as well as other performers involved in their seasonal comedy series and showcases. Katie and Kay spoke with events director Sarah Sanders about the comedy weekend and what attendees can expect. Friday evening is going to be in the collective hall space and is going to be a double headlining event featuring Joey Avery and Jeff Wright. And then Saturday night, we're going to have in the newly renovated Snowmass Conference and Event Center, Natasha Legero and Moshe Kosher, which is our headlining event. And then Sunday morning, we'll be having Drag Queen Bingo Brunch back in the collective hall. And basically what we are trying to do is do a, a test of expanding comedy on a larger scale in Snowmass Base Village. And if it goes well, we're hoping to expand into a larger footprint in 2025 and have local shows and bigger shows like this and really bring in the whole comedy community together. Sanders notes that it was very important to them when designing the event to make it affordable for everyone, unlike the ticket prices for similar nearby events such as Aspen Laugh Fest. What's really different about us, all of the settings are very intimate. Like Natasha Legero typically performs to three to 5,000 people. So getting to ski her with a few hundred is going to be really intimate and really special. You're going to be able to like meet and greet the comedians before and after the shows. And the ticket prices being 25 to $45 are very accessible for our locals and our tourists as well. Tickets are still available for events happening tonight through Sunday, but are in limited supply. All of the shows feature mature content, and tickets are 18-plus only. More information on the Comedy Weekend is at thecollectivesnowmass.com. Federal energy officials denied permits this week for a controversial hydropower project on the Navajo Nation in northern Arizona. KUNC's Alex Hager reports advocates are hailing the move as a win for the tribes. The Federal Energy Regulatory Commission said it would establish a new policy and will not allow projects on tribal lands if the tribe itself shows opposition. Adrian Herter with the nonprofit Tuanaja'ane says pushback from nearby residents played a big role. I think that was able to really help provide that, um, to strengthen that argument from the Navajo Nation Department of Justice regarding the lack of community consultation and consent. The Navajo Nation, as well as indigenous and conservation groups, said the project could have damaged important underground water supplies and sacred lands in an area already dealing with harms caused by decades of coal extraction. I'm Alex Hager. Amachi, a former Japanese incarceration camp in Colorado, was officially established as a national park on Thursday. At its peak, the camp housed more than 7,000 Japanese Americans during the 1940s. They were forced to live behind barbed wire in poorly insulated rooms. Several Amachi survivors and descendants have fought for this moment for their whole lives. Mitch Homa's dad was imprisoned at the camp. He wishes more of his family could be alive to see this news. So my dad's older sister just passed away. She was hoping she was going to be around to see it come to fruition and stuff. But, you know, we got it done. Amachi became a national historic site in 2022. The town of Grenada had to transfer ownership of the land to the U.S. Department of the Interior before it became part of the national park system. 
Described by cast members as a brave and thought-provoking choice for the season, Thunder River Theater's production of Endgame by Samuel Beckett takes a foray into the absurd, set in a world far from our own. KDNK asked members of the cast and crew about some of the themes found in the show, and assistant director Jack Trembath spoke first. My name is Jack Trembath, and I'm assistant director for Endgame. Endgame is packed full of a lot of themes, but essentially at the heart of it is uh, these two gentlemen in, gentlemen, that's a loose term, in the shelter in the post, 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 post apocalyptic period. One's kind of a caretaker. He moves around while the other is bound to his chair. And then the man in the chair who's in charge of this bunker also has his two parents in garbage cans. Essentially, the relationship between all of them captures the white hot core of the human experience. It's theater of the absurd, which is more experimental. When we set out to do the play, we ended up asking more questions than answering them. And so our goal has been to just keep asking those questions throughout the process. Hi, I'm Brian Landis-Folkins, and I'm playing Clove in Endgame. This definitely leaves the audience with lots to think about. I think they'll come away from the show for days after kind of talking about what they just witnessed on stage there, because in the moment you're just hanging on for the ride. That's kind of Samuel Beckett's style. I'm Bob Moore. I'm playing the part of Nag. That's the guy in the trash can in Endgame. Yeah, I'd like to add to that. Uh, so appreciate the bravery of TRTC for taking the leap and choosing this show in this season because it's one that the audience really needs to come in and experience. You know, don't be afraid of a post-apocalyptic show. You know, it is not all downer. You know, there are some, there are some wonderful, entertaining moments in this show. Brian, I don't think I've seen you in anything. This is my first time here in the Valley. I'm very excited to be here. I'm a company member at Curious Theater, which is in Denver. It's nice to be up here doing in-game. It sounds like the interpersonal dynamics in this show might be something that people would latch on to. As actors in the show, Brian and Bob, do you want to talk a little bit about one particular character that you might interact with? It's interesting. There, it, there's only four people in the show. And my character, Clove, is the only person that moves. Everybody else is stationary for the entire show. So I'm very much the clown in kind of a traditional sense. I get to interact with everybody. Each character brings a different perspective to this very strange world in this post, 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 to coin the term from Jack, uh, apocalyptic place. Um, and I think each voice has kind of a, a sense of a different part of your mind. I think there are moments where everybody will find a place in one of the characters that they identify with over the course of the show. So, you know, my interaction with the other characters on the play, uh, because I'm one of the people who does not move around, you know, is through dialogue only and Strangely enough, David Lettingham's character, Ham, faces away from me the entire show. The only thing I see of him is the back of his head. So it's a really strong, tight script, which gives us as actors the chance to interact because that's what we do, even though we don't physically touch one another. Yeah, it's, it's a cool piece. 
Jack, how many other assistant director opportunities have you had before? Is this a new thing for you? This is my first time assistant directing, and so an opportunity not only to do Beckett, but to watch everybody in the cast is a powerhouse of an actor. So I'm like, what a great opportunity as an actor myself to learn and watch this process. And then Renee, the list goes on about compliments for her. So it's a great opportunity. Are there any other feelings or or thoughts you have that you want to share? I would like to really drive home that it really is incredibly funny. There's so many funny moments. There's a moment where um, Clove has a flea, and I'm dying laughing almost every rehearsal. I would not be intimidated by the fact that it is Beckett. One, we aren't trying to be clever. We're really just doing what the play wants. And amongst all that laughter, there's that darkness as well. The cool thing about being in theater and being in this valley for a long time for me is uh, I've had the wonderful opportunity to work with Wendy Perkins, who is playing Nell. So I've had a chance to do shows with her in the past, and then my good friend David Lettingham, I've I've certainly acted with him. So it's really nice to kind of join forces with old friends. You know, it really is. And of course, Brian, not here, but certainly in theater throughout the rest of the state. Yeah, there's a reason Beckett is a master uh, playwright in kind of the history of theater. Um, these pieces are timeless. Mm-hmm. They they speak to what it is just to exist. They speak to the things that we battle in our mind and also the absurdity of living and kind of the humor that we find in suffering even. This kind of material speaks volumes just about what it means to be alive and the things that we face over the course of our life. That was Katie N.K. speaking with Bob Moore, Brian Landis-Fulkins, and Jack Trembath. Endgame opens tonight, February 16th, and runs through March 3rd. The show is suited for audience high school age and up. Tickets for evening and matinee shows are available at Thunder River Theater. Dot com. This is KDNK News.